Hello, and welcome to our webinar program for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and I'm excited to bring you the fourth in a series of special episodes that focus on how advisors can take control of their practice, work more closely with the right clients, give them better information, and drive their practice towards higher profitability and greater success. This segment is geared towards those older advisors who've seen a lot of different market conditions, spent a lot of time building and cultivating a client base, have seen the volatility in markets come and go, and has decided that maybe this is a good time to think seriously about retiring and moving on to the next phase of their lives. If that's you, this episode will be of particular interest, as John Hill, CEO of Pinnacle Advisory Group and Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, works through all the various decisions required to retire successfully and maximize the value of your practice for yourself, your clients, and your family. John, welcome back to the program. Thank you, David. This has been an especially challenging time for everybody, but for financial advisors, this one is off the charts. They're concerned about their clients' well-being, roiling financial markets, their own practice and family, all at the same time. Some advisors may feel it's time to call it quits, pull back entirely, and transition to the next phase of their lives. Is now really a good time to do that? Well, uh, it depends. Uh, that that that's the, uh, the the easy runaway answer. Um, it could be. Uh, I think what happens in circumstances like this is that rarely do you have a one-off event create a need for an individual RA to retire. It's not one single situation. It's not an 08. It's not a you know an eight way back in '87 the crash. Um, it usually happens as a result of a culmination of personal issues. Uh, and then what ultimately can happen is something like this can sort of throw them over the edge. The worst thing somebody can do is make a, is make a carte blanche decision that, oh my gosh, this is tough. Um, I've had it. I've had a few of these before. I'm just ready to get out of here. Um, in my opinion, that is not, uh, number one, it doesn't happen very often. Number two, I don't think it's a terribly productive thought process. Um, I think most, as I said a moment ago, most of the people that are going to get to this point and are going to have the straw, this, this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, where they finally decided that it's time um, to consider other options, right? But snap judgments on these types of situations are rarely going to be um, good decisions. Uh, and they're going to put the advisor in a position financially. Uh, and perhaps even structurally, that might not be best for uh, them and or the clients. So in, in your mind, making an emotional decision about this is, is wrong for a number of reasons, because there's a specific detailed process for preparing an advisory firm for sale, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. Uh, what you need to do is they need to take a step back and really evaluate how they feel about what they do. Um, I think this is a, is a time for deep self-reflection. Um, and if somebody has, as I just mentioned, if somebody's got to the point where they, um, they simply don't like getting up in the morning and being a financial planner anymore, um, they've lost interest, they've lost passion, maybe over the years, normally it doesn't happen right away, they need to recognize these as being perhaps very important signs uh, that it's time to move forward, that they need to, to, to at least investigate options that exist. The primary question that I ask folks is, do you really want out completely? Is this the time that you just want to walk away? Um, or do you still have a passion for some of the things that you do in the practice? Do you still enjoy the interaction with clients? Do you still like doing some of the planning work? Is it strictly the investment work that is driving you over the edge? Uh, the responsibility for that, 
what is it actually that um, that motivates you to come in and still do what you have done for many years successfully with your plan? And what are the things that are moving you away from that? So I think, again, it's a time of deep reflection. Uh, once you come to a conclusion, that's decision number one. Decision number one is and it really leads to whether or not you want to stick around for a period of transition or you want to just literally escape out the door. Uh, the consequences uh, of, of escaping out the door, as I mentioned a bit ago, um, are lower valuation and perhaps leaving your clients in a situation that they are less comfortable than they could be. Right? The benefits of a smoother, slower transition over time, and this, this really fits well, it dovetails into what you were asking about before, should you do it quick or should you do it later? The advantages of taking your time and transitioning are is that you're wide open in terms of possibilities. You have a much, much broader range of things you can do. You can increase the valuation, most certainly. Um, it can provide a more fulfilling um, and satisfactory transition from clients. But question number one in building this whole thing is, you really have to ask yourself, do I want out now? Do I not like anything that I do? Or are there pieces of, the, of what I'm doing that if, if I didn't have to do them myself, whether it was a partner, whether it was a tuck-in, whether it was a Pinnacle Advisor Solutions arrangement that we offer, where you can outsource some of those things that you don't like anymore, if there was that and that existed, um, would you know would that be the best way to go? And chances are that it would be the best way. We happen to have a very interesting solution that we worked on um, that it's called Ascend, and it provides a unique arrangement for bringing on uh, a junior owner at some point that would transition to buying the practice out in a relatively short period of time. But even something like that requires somebody to step out over a bit of time. Not, I'm going to just let this baby go all of a sudden because I don't feel like doing it anymore. Right. So if you were to make that decision, is there an upside to doing it now? Because with markets the way they are, uh, logic would say maybe I should wait till valuations are up a little higher and I might get a better price. Well, it, it, doing what I just talked about is going to take a little time anyway. I mean, the idea of somebody coming in and snapping up your practice for anything but like the, the greatest deal in the world for them right now is really low. I mean, it's just not going to, there aren't going to be too many. For I know I wouldn't go out there and unless I saw this incredible opportunity and it would have to be at a very favorable price to even consider doing that, right? So the idea of getting a transaction done, number one, these things take, you know, they could take a year, uh, but getting one done overnight, quickly, right away is highly improbable, first off. Um, so from the standpoint of laying the groundwork, and getting things in place to make the trend. This is a beautiful time to do that. It's a beautiful time for self-reflection. It's a beautiful time to evaluate your practice. And as I mentioned earlier, those things you really enjoy and those things you don't enjoy. Can you work with somebody else in the interim? Can you transition? Do you want to mentor somebody? Um, there are multiple ways to go about moving through this, but they're all going to lead to uh, starting today, which is fine, and ending somewhere in the future, hopefully when all this stuff is done and the valuations will be reflected uh, from that time point, we hope, um, and that would be beneficial to, to uh, the seller for sure. So based on the mechanics, a phased approach is almost the default. You sort of have to work through this in stages in order to get where you want to be because there's so much care that's required to, to put all the pieces in place. Roughly how long does that take? Well, you know, it's, it's, it'll take as fast as somebody's motivated to get it done. I mean, the reality is that uh, there are some other more specific approaches and details that we didn't discuss yet. 
Um, and they, in fact, should be done before. Um, once somebody has decided they want to move out, then, in fact, what we need to do is some, some homework, some details, some, some logistical things. Uh, you need to evaluate, make sure your finances are in great shape, that you have numbers that represent uh, accurate uh, of a reflection of your business. Um, you need to have no holes in those whatsoever. You need to make sure that you have thorough client notes on every single client. You need to make sure whether it's a Salesforce or whatever you're using, um, that you are up to date with what's been done with all of your clients. Um, you need to have uh, accurate scheduling so that you can uh, let somebody know how often you saw a group of clients. It makes sense to have people um, in what we typically refer to sort of ABC client lists. Um, to all the homework that has to be done to really look deeply into one's practice before it can be transitioned properly. By the way, this ought to be done anyway. I mean, the reality is that, that every single year there should be an exercise done this way to make sure you're in good shape. However, let's be real, um, people don't do it. But if you're thinking about moving on and you're at this, it's a perfect time right now to really sit down and as a sole practitioner, take some quiet time and make sure that all these pieces have to be um, lined up properly. Um, that's absolutely critical, yeah. So once, once you've sort of made that decision to actually do something, there are multiple ways to, to change ownership, aren't there? You've got some choices here to think through. Tell me about a few of those. Incredibly exciting. You know, and again, it, it relates back to immediate or over some time, uh, because immediate is going to be certainly an outright sale. Uh, somebody's going to come along. They are going to require that you stay engaged with the practice to transition your client group over. There's no way in heck it's going to be any less than a six-month period. I wouldn't accept that. No way. So either way, you're not walking out the door, uh, you know, next week. Please understand that, everybody who's listening. You know, you have to be responsible for that. And chances are you'll be over your worst feelings at the moment, uh, you know, by when you start doing this and, and work your way through it fine. But yeah, I mean, quite frankly, you absolutely are going to have to work closely with clients in transition. And the formula um, that is going to be constructed to pay you is going to have a component that reflects uh, those folks that stick around. You know, there's going to be a, absolutely are not gonna walk away with, uh, I'm gonna get all cash on the barrel head tomorrow, I'm out of here with uh, uh, our, my buyer accepting all of the risk, right? Not gonna happen. So formulas are gonna change nowadays too. Um, used to be heavy duty cash up front for a period of the last several years. Before that, it wasn't. Uh, it was more of uh, installment sale, uh, roughly 20, 30% down. Um, now we think we're gonna see a shift back to more like the old days where there's a, uh, a deposit and then there's a formula that's going to be applied for retention. And so you, you, no free lunch here. You know, this is going to be, it's time to buckle down even harder uh, during this transition. period, And it will take a period of time to do that, for sure. You mentioned some of these uh, are hinge upon how many clients you actually take with you. Once you've started to, to down this road, at what point can you start to tell clients about your decision and, and be safe about it? Well, I think that it, uh, it makes sense to conversationally uh, chat with clients about the fact that we're all aging and that uh, things change and they, that you want to make sure that you have a, a continuity plan and a succession plan properly designed. Um, you, can, you can tiptoe through those areas and should be as an older advisor. I think fairly regularly, because if you don't, guess what? The client certainly knows that you're 64 years old uh, and that you may not be doing this forever. And so to try and pretend that you would, 
I don't think is an advantage. How you deliver that or how you talk about it is an entirely different method. It's not like, well, I'm getting ready to retire next year, you know, or I'm out of here, or that's it, or I just, you know, I'm pretty much tired of this. Of course, somebody's not going to do that anyway, but um, who knows? Uh, you really need to sort of address the issue with the client about how you want to be forward looking. You're a planner, you're concerned about making sure that they are adequately cared for in the years ahead. You can bridge this over with clients and spend time doing it. Um, and that's important. I think you start that right away. You know, as soon as you're any contemplation of, uh, of moving on, so you should start that. The official um, I am moving forward is really a switch. You know, if you, for instance, if you're entering into um, a send agreement and we're bringing in a younger person that's going to take over your practice and purchase it from you, well, it makes sense then to introduce that concept with that person when you're getting ready to do it. So there you would, once, once you have laid it out, once you've built it, then you, in fact, you can execute it properly by uh, having a meeting set up with all your important clients um, and having them meet somebody. That would be the case whether it was a send with a, a junior level buyer, or even if it was uh, a traditional partnership where the intent was to um, maintain um, involvement for a period of time with the understanding that you are going to shift away from that in a year or two years or three years. And it also makes sense on a tuck-in. You know, if you're going to decide to become part of a larger practice with the understanding that they're going to absorb you and your clients, um, same thing holds. You know, when these, when these moves are made, you know, that's the time to, with enthusiasm, introduce your new partner in this process. Uh, but I, again, dropping back to what I said earlier, and that is that um, to have a conversation about um, what's next, you know, when you're somebody who's uh, getting close to 60 or above with a client is appropriate. And uh, you just have to be careful uh, about how you deliver that. So really starting the process early may have some pitfalls, but it's always good to get the conversation started and thinking that way once you've set your mind towards this goal to keep clients informed. The key thing to remember is you want to keep this um, at a place where the client understands you're doing it for them. Everything needs to be presented around the client. It's got to be client-centric. I want to take care of you. I want to make sure there's consistency and deliverables. Um, I want to make sure that we don't miss a beat. Um, this would be the case whether I want it. And the, the real good way to go about this is to let them know um, that they have, in fact, a continuity plan in place anyway, if they do. In our case, we have PRISM. Uh, for advisors, and, and PRISM is a really neat continuity plan um, that if somebody dies, um, we take over their practice. It gives them an opportunity to transition um, at death. Um, and the really different thing about PRISM is that it'll, it provides the um, RIA with the opportunity to uh, introduce the client to the transition concept. You know, if I die, I'm a good planner. I put in place this move. Um, that will make sure that you're cared for by, in our case, clinical advisory group. Um, that, that works as a really good uh, launching platform to the retirement discussion as well. You know, that, you know, at some point, I'm going to probably be doing something different. And uh, I just want to give you a heads up that you're first and foremost in this process. I want to make sure that I do it the best possible way so that you're here and you're cared for. That's it. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? 
Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need. With a range of outsourced options and top-rated professional investment management and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. So Pinnacle Advisory has solutions for uh, the older advisor to retire, and they have a, a really good solution for the younger advisor to come in and sort of meld into that practice, covering both ends of the spectrum. There are probably some advisors in the middle that are thinking about retirement, but it's 10, 12 years off, 15 years off. What can they be doing now? to get their practice in shape and prepare for this big event so that it's not so much work at the end. Is there things you can be prepared for ahead of time? Sure, um, and, and a lot of it has to do with just making sure you run a, a very documented practice um, and it maximize uh, the profitability while providing maximum care for your clients. Uh, obviously getting your numbers in good shape or fundamental. You need to make sure that um, that your, your net out of uh, what you're doing is, is attractive enough to, to bring other people in. Um, you can design your business to be certainly a more attractive business to purchase. And so somebody at that stage though, candidly, if they've got 10 to 15 years left, they're not thinking about, they're honestly not thinking about what am I gonna do to sell my practice? You know, one out of 50 um, is gonna be thinking about that because they had a bad day. <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> The reality is that they just need to make sure they keep doing what they've been doing. A great job for their clients. Grow. Trajectory is important. You need to consistently show positive growth uh, for firms that may be interested in you in the future. Um, and if, if you do these things and then make a decision about um, decision about whether you want to maintain sole practitioner structure um, or you want to begin to add partners um, or you tuck in or in the case of working with us on our strategic partnership side, do you at that age, if you've been doing this for a number of years, make a decision that it's the appropriate time to outsource some of this so that you can, you can really, really do the things that you're best at. Um, that didn't exist when we started Pinnacle. We didn't have the ability to, to outsource some things. But nowadays it's pretty cool because what can happen is if that same advisor you're talking about, um, who's let's say they're 45 and they've been doing this for 15 years, you know, 10 or 15 years and they have another 10 years to go, they may have discovered that there are parts of what they do that they just don't love as much as they did. And to keep happy and stay happy and productive and do the right things for the next 10 to 15 years, uh, it may be a perfect solution for them to have somebody on the outside who is expert at whether it be investing or administrative issues or a host of issues, quite frankly, have them um, take those over and, uh, and make the, they'll make that last for most people we talk to, they'll make that last 10, 10 years, a whole lot more enjoyable. Uh, the folks that are on our team, our strategic partners would fit many of them, uh, several of them anyway, would fit into that same age range. And if you talk to them now, they're loving what they do and they'll probably do it for a long, long, long time. So the preparation that somebody in that age range can do is, is just sort of evaluate where's the practice and do the same thing I talked about earlier. Find out what do they love? What are they passionate about? What are they less passionate about? And begin to focus and concentrate on having somebody else where possible do those things that they don't love 
and they focus their energy on things they love because they'll do it a lot better. There's no question. So focus on the clients, run a tight ship, look at your options and do some self-assessment, figure out what it is you love, outsource the stuff you don't love, and go until you can't go any longer. John, those are terrific insights. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed it. We've been speaking with John Hill, CEO of Pinnacle Advisory Group and Pinnacle Advisor Solutions about how to handle critical conversations with clients in times of financial turbulence. If you have questions about how to handle such client interactions, drop us a line at advisors at pinnacleadvisory.com or to make an appointment to speak with a representative at a Pinnacle Advisor Solutions about how they can help you scale and grow. Call 201-919-4838. Be sure and visit Pinnacle Advisor Solutions website pinnacleadvisorsolutions.com and be sure to review earlier episodes if you missed them. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent and nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such. 